Hey listeners, it's Marisha Pink here, executive producer of Ethnically Speaking. In today's episode, you'll hear myself join Anissa and Sophie Hanna for a really great discussion about the Busset Challenge and the Silhouette Challenge. Uh, you'll hear all about uh, Anissa's very sturdy knees and some very interesting stories about my pole dancing days. I hope you enjoy the episode. And I'm Anissa. Welcome to episode 34 of Ethnically Speaking, the show where we discuss everything affecting the UK's highly melanated communities. So today we are joined once more by a very special guest, Marisha Pink. She is the co-founder of the United Melanin Group and is also an executive producer of this show. So welcome, Marisha. Hi, it's really nice to be back here again with you ladies. And we're very much glad to have you. I believe that you have some news to share with our viewers and our listeners. Indeed, I do have an announcement. I feel like all I do is come on the show and make announcements. Like that's my sole purpose. But actually, this one's quite an exciting one. Ethnically Speaking is actually going to be going to three times a week uh, as of today, as of today's episode. You're going to have episodes from us every Monday, Wednesday and Friday, which we're super excited about. And the episodes will be a little bit shorter, so you'll still be able to sort of squeeze them in between whatever you're doing in the day or kick back and relax at the end of the day. But we think that it will give us a lot more time because what we found was we were getting right into the thick of a discussion. Things were just starting to heat up, getting a bit juicy, getting a bit saucy. And then we were having to move on because otherwise we weren't going to finish all the other things that we had to discuss in the show. So, uh, yeah, make sure you sort of set your watch. Remember that we'll be out seven o'clock Monday, Wednesday and Friday coming to a screen or a pair of headphones near you very, very soon. Oh, thanks for sharing that, Marisha. Um, with all of that, we are still keeping it 100, as today we are talking about the Busset and Silhouette Challenge. So, viral TikTok dances of a sensual nature, like the Busset and Silhouette Challenge, have become widely popular because of celebrities like Jordan Woods and Chloe Bailey posting their attempts online. However, rapper Currency has actually criticised women for participating in this challenge and it's sparked a huge Twitter debate about modesty, promiscuity and women using their body to gain the attention of men. By doing these sexually suggestive challenges, are you owning your sexuality, consenting to being objectified or simply trying to have some fun? Do you know what? I found this so interesting when I was looking into it. And I think trying to differentiate what I feel from what all the noise is saying, I would probably say for myself, I see it as people having a bit of fun because, you know, we're in a pandemic. People are trying to find ways to keep themselves entertained. And I think it was very, I found it very interesting that it was actually a rapper who was trying to have this debate because I'm just like, have you seen music videos and rap videos? <laughs> like... I find that all a little bit confusing and to be harping on or getting on people for doing TikToks, I'm like, let's start looking at the Instagram models who are doing sexually explicit things. Why don't we go for porn? Why don't we go for music? Like, why are we picking on a specific challenge where if you want to talk about misogyny and misogynoir, we already have enough examples of that. So I didn't see why they need to pick on TikTok. And in terms of consenting, 
I would probably consent to be objectified. I would probably say yes and no. Like if you're going to put it out into the world, then you are saying you are happy for people to consume it pretty much any way that they want to. Like once you've posted something, you have no control over how people are going to receive that. But I'd also say no to um, consenting to be objectified because I don't think it takes having a woman scantily clad for a man to objectify them. I think that argument just doesn't make any sense to me. I'm, I'm gonna tell you a story. I had a friend or a girl that I knew who I used to work with at the NHS mm. and she was Muslim, um, but she was of black descent. So she had converted to Islam. So at one time we were sitting down talking on the night shift, having a chit chat. And then I don't know how it came up, but then she started to say that, um, talking about men and how they find like the hijab. And I said to her, oh, like the guys kind of leave you alone now. Do you not get chatted up? She was just like, no, it's the opposite. I'll be wearing it. And this, this Rastafarian guy was like, yeah, I can just imagine what's going on underneath that. Like we don't, men don't need to see you scantily clad. They'll objectify you anyway. So I think picking on the challenge, yeah, I just felt like, yeah, let's just do talk about other forms of ways that women are over-sexualized and not go for the easy, the easy target. I think you raised quite a few good points there. So I think I'm probably in a really similar camp to you in so far as what I feel I would do personally myself on TikTok if I could figure out how to use it and what other people are doing is not really my business. And I think we have to be careful that we don't make generalizations. So undoubtedly there are people, cause a lot of what I was reading in the Twitter comments were people saying, oh, all these women must be really insecure. They're only doing it for attention. And undoubtedly there will be a proportion of people posting these challenges that are doing it for attention, for validation, because they need, you know, why do we post anything on social media at the end of the day? It is, is you could do it and keep it for yourself. So in choosing to put it out into the world, I think you have to accept some degree of reaction and accept that you probably might not like some of those things. That doesn't, I'm not saying it gives people the right to say whatever they want, but you are putting something into a public domain and you know that that's what you're doing. Do I think that there's another sort of contingent of people that are just having some fun? As Sophie said, we're stuck in a pandemic. People haven't got a lot going on. Um, it's not the first of the challenges and I think we have to ask ourselves whether the people that are doing these particular challenges, which are, I guess, by their nature, slightly more overtly sexual, are the same people that would do challenges that maybe we had before. So I guess this is a photo, but the no makeup selfie was doing the rounds for a while or doing the mannequin challenge where everyone had to be frozen. If you're the type of person that just likes picking up on whatever's trending and getting involved, then all you're doing is having some fun. Um, and undoubtedly, I think that's what some people are doing without really thinking too much about it and then being told that they are um, licensing themselves for objectification is probably pushing a little bit far because it literally was no, not that much thought went into it. Yeah, for me, I'm, <laughs> I don't know where I sit on the line, but I personally think whether somebody's doing it to own their sexuality, whether they want to consent to objectification, whether they're just doing it for fun, it's all their choice at the end of the day. So they, they can go and do whatever they want to do with their bodies. I was actually really taken aback by 
the kind of like backlash that I started to see on the internet. Like even to this morning, there was still Twitter threads going through. And last night I was in a few clubhouse chat rooms and they're really dissecting this, breaking it down into something that is like a 10 second dance. They're turning it into a 10,000 word dissertation. And you're just kind of like, how do we get from A to B? Like I'm so lost. And the main thing why it's a bit disappointing is because I think a lot of it is is rooted in misogynoir because I feel as if, um, and a few people have brought the points, if maybe, for example, if we took celebrities like Jordan or Chloe or even just, you know, your regular person, um, girl of colour in London, I feel like they're getting a lot of stick that if maybe somebody who was white on their counterpart was doing it, it wouldn't be seen as such a big deal. But because women of colour tend to be overly sexualized, even if they do anything that is slightly sexy, it's like, oh my gosh, they're like, they're being really raunchy. And that's just because we're already very over-sexualized. So we can't even express our femininity in the same way that other people do because people are going to kind of like label us as just being um, really like raunchy or promiscuous. And I, so I just, I just found that quite disheartening. And then this morning I was watching because um, Chloe Bailey, she went on Instagram live last night to address everyone. Obviously that's been saying all these comments and she was in floods of tears. And that put me into a strong rage. I was raging this morning. If I, honestly, if I showed you guys my Twitter page, I had to actually delete some of my tweets because the rage had consumed me. I was typing in all caps locks, exclamation marks were everywhere. I was losing it. I was like, who made her cry? Who, who, who? I was losing it. I was like, where was Beyonce? Like I was, I was honestly losing it this morning because it was like, she had to go there and defend herself and say, I'm not doing this for attention. I filmed this months ago and I just wanted to put it up and I wanted to share and I wanted people to see my personality. And it was just this girl who's been fairly unproblematic in the media, even though she's been in the media for so many years, she finally did something that was expressing her femininity and then people went at her for that. And I honestly think it was just because of the colour of her skin. I honestly think if she was a different colour, they wouldn't care. Like, I'm sure if Kylie did this, Kylie Jenner did this, people, if Miley Cyrus did this, we wouldn't be having the same conversation. Do you know what I mean? We wouldn't have so many threads. Well, oh, you said you said some really good points there because I wasn't even thinking about it from like the kind of racial angle. Um, one thing that I'd probably say maybe on like the flip side of the argument is what do we even mean by owning your sexuality? Because I feel like this phrase gets thrown around a lot, especially I would probably say in the music industry where we see someone who might have come into it as a child. So let's say Destiny's Child or Beyonce in her early albums, Brandy, Miley Cyrus, now Chloe and Halle, they start off with probably a little bit more of an innocent image. And as they grow older, their dancers get more sexually overt. The music usually gets a bit more um, sexual in the lyrics. And then their videos become more sexual too in their image. And then they're like, I'm owning my sexuality. Like, why is it that owning our sexuality usually has to, it seems like, be linked with being more sexually overt, dressing a bit more um, scantily because I think it really does a disservice to thinking that why can't I own my sexuality by being covered up now I'm saying this as someone that likes to show a little bit of TNA <laughs> at the appropriate <laughs> time wait, wait what's TNA TNA 
Oh, I see. Okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. Carry on. Carry on. Sorry, guys. I'm someone that at the time on a nice little date night when I'm going out, like when I might be out with the girls, when I used to go clubbing, a hundred percent. Like, and I still do. So I'm not saying not to do it, but I'm just really uncomfortable with saying that owning our sexuality comes from dressing in a way where we're wearing the least amount possible. Like, why isn't it associated with like, however I feel, as long as I feel comfortable, then I'm owning my sexuality. Well, I think you're very right with that, Sophie, because when you ask the question, what does owning your sexuality mean? The first thing I thought in my mind was just being it was just being confident in who you are and expressing yourself whatever way that feels for you. So whether that is wearing less clothes or wearing more clothes or wearing bright colours or wearing different colours. I think owning your sexuality has to be individual to you. But I think in the media, we're only sold this owning sexuality dream if it's less clothes. But I do think it's down to the individual. So I'll say that. I think some of that is maybe born out of who the individual is. So, and I, I guess there's sort of two ways to look at it, link it together. So I'm quite surprised that Chloe had this kind of reaction. You know, Jordan Woods has done a challenge. I pretty much... Most of the, I guess, younger celebrities have jumped on the bandwagon. They've done their own iteration of it. The fans have gone wild, et cetera, et cetera, yada, yada, yada. And they're all performers. Like, as being a performer naturally sort of involves being not sexual, but being extroverted, right? You do think everything you do is a performance. It's a performance for your fans. It's, it's creative. It's, it can be artistic, but it is a performance at the end of the day. And for me, watching those people that are already in the limelight put out videos like that or take part in challenges doesn't really seem that complicated or doesn't really seem to be that much of an issue as far as I'm concerned. I don't understand why people are getting all up in arms about it. When you then have regular people in the streets, um, I find that a little... That's for me when I was saying that you, you break down types of people that are doing these challenges into sort of different groups and different people have different uh, reasons for doing it. Because I'll be the first one to admit that, you know, I grew up watching MTV Base. Like, I fully just wanted to be... I wanted to be a video her. Like, that was it. That was... Hey, Marisha, I'm sorry. Yeah, I used to come home and literally stand in front of the TV... You know, and watch it, and that. But that's the music I grew up on. That was the the culture that surrounded it, and that was, I guess, as far as my aspirations at that time particularly went. Um, I'm quite glad that you know it didn't pan out that way, and probably my parents are quite glad too. But nonetheless, that was just it was normalised at the time. Um, I think as you go on, things have uh, evolved in this in the sense of empowerment in the way that we're talking about it. So you will have artists like Beyonce. You know, will have less clothes on or you know more revealing clothes and we'll be doing things that are a bit more sexual so it's like i can't remember which video it is where she's sort of sloshing around in that giant martini glass it is her right i think it's i yeah. think it's naughty girl and then you yeah, look yeah. at um the other one where she's talking about, talking about riding on the surfboard drunk on drunken love Ooh, and drunk everything love, honey. every like these partition, are tunes right got a lot of backlash as well right but Shit, that I, was the silhouette challenge partition <laughs> Yeah, it basically. But I, so I will be the first one to, you know, admit I will dance around my house. I don't know in my in my best underwear with my hairbrush, acting like I'm Beyonce, like putting on a performance for, you know, the dog. There's no one else here, and and feeling like you know I feel comfortable as you're saying, Anissa. I feel comfortable. I feel confident. I'm sexy in my body. I don't feel the need to put that on the internet, and I think that's that's the difference. I think I 
don't need the validation, nor do I really want to attract the criticism that could come with it. It's not about it's not about the reaction or the performance. And I'm not saying, like I said I, at the beginning, I think some people are doing it just for fun, but there's a huge contingent that are doing it and they want the reaction. And like anything that you put into the public domain, you have to... I'm not saying you should tolerate trolls or that people should go and be nasty, but you know what you're doing. People are nasty on the internet and expect that people will come for you in the comments, they'll come for you in the DMs and will have an opinion on it. If you are not comfortable with that or you don't feel that you are able to withstand that don't put it out there i'm not saying don't do it make, make yourself a challenge and enjoy it at home or if you've got a tiktok i don't think you can make it a closed network right tiktok is just kind of a free-for-all but people are obviously taking their tiktok videos and snapchat videos and putting them on instagram have a closed instagram then so it's only your friends it's only people that love and support you and just go okay i know you're just having a laugh that do it if you're going to put it out and it's open I hate to say it, like, let's just live in the real world. People are going to come for you. You see, I knew that people would probably come for people when they're doing these challenges, but I think I was just honestly shocked by the type of comments because, like, even in that currency thread, a lot of them were kept saying, oh, if your girlfriend does that, throw her back to the streets and she's a this and she's a that and blah, blah, blah. And then it became the conversation of, well, um, only the single girls can do that. And then I just thought to myself, well, what does that mean? Does that mean that the person you're in a relationship basically polices your body and how you express it? And I guess that's probably a question even for you maybe Sophie as well because since you're a married person married person married woman um does that change for you because a lot of people have been saying even Steph London she tweeted she's not doing it because it's only for the single girls do you think that has an effect on maybe people that were doing or maybe why you would or wouldn't do it being married to be honest like I'm not really sure like my marriage um, yeah, my marriage probably wouldn't guide me in that. It would probably much more be what I feel comfortable with. And what I feel comfortable with is probably based on upbringing and the fact that I grew up um, within the Christian faith. So like being sexually overt was probably frowned upon and too frowned upon in my opinion. So I definitely kind of rebel against that in certain areas. But for me, it was always kind of like, yeah, I'm not really going to show my body. Like, I, it's probably not something that I would have done. But I'm like, with Marisha, it probably would have been something that maybe I did at home, maybe sent to a couple of friends on like our WhatsApp chat or whatever. And probably that's as far as it would have been because I would have said, this is not really something that I really want to share and I think is appropriate for me to share, um, especially because nothing ever dies on the internet. You can delete it, but the shade room has already got it. <laughs> take Take that as you will. I think for me... As much as Chloe can say that she would like, and I saw the video of her crying, it was very sad. And as much as she can say she does it for herself and people who do it saying, oh, I'm just entertaining and saying it's for fun. Um, I think we also need to be really realistic with the reason why this is viewed as sexual is because in my opinion, to a certain extent, we have been told that this is what is attractive to the male gaze. Like, and whether we're doing it for men or for not, like it has been put into us that to be attractive is to be more sexually overt in the way that we dress, um, in the way that we dance. Um, and I think, I don't think we can actually separate it from misogyny or misogynoir. I think it all is kind of linked. So I think if you're getting involved in it, you have to be very aware of, is this something that I want to do or is this something that I'm told is attractive? Because we're always going to get rewarded 
by society, especially a patriarchal society for doing these things. Like as much as these girls are doing it, they like the attention that it gets or that men are putting or you're so sexy or so hot or whatever. Yeah, that, like in my opinion, I think that, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If you, if you want to do that, then that's fine. But if we were told, if we had been told for centuries and decades that something else was sexual, like dressing up and only showing our ankles was sexy, then people be, you know, showing their ankles and be like, oh, that's so sexy. Like, I think a lot of it is conditioned and we're currently in a place where the over-sexualization that we have in the West is very different to other places and it's so normal to us, but I don't think it is normal. I think it comes from somewhere. So I think when you're doing these, just be aware of it so you're not really playing the game. But can you, can't you be conditioned by it but still find freedom in it It, yeah I think you can as long as you're but I think you have to mentally be aware of this is maybe how they're telling me they look sexy like all the things that we see posters of people like in like a bikini to sell vitamins like sex cells do you know what I mean it's everywhere as long as you're aware of it and you're like I'm doing it for myself then do you um but I don't think we can actually separate it from the fact that um there is stuff going on behind what we're told is sexually attractive. I think there's probably an element of it, Anissa, that is is reclaiming it, I guess, as a, as a word and reclaiming the power. And I think the only thing that springs to mind right now as a, I guess, a, by way of example, is the use of the N-word, for example. So the use of it was a way to take back the power um, and and remove the associate the negative connotations and associations with that word by by us using it our, ourselves as a as a people um but not everybody feels comfortable with that like i i won't say it <laughs> i did, well i didn't just say it so i can see i can see an argument for that and i think if that's what you're doing as sophie said do you but i think you can't I think you can't divorce it from its origins in in misogyny and in the male gaze and and how we came to view um, not even behaving like that, but but I said I think it's a performance performing like that as as something sexual. And I think when you look at the composition of the whole challenge, you know, the choice of music, the choice of what you wear and you're dressed in, you could drop down and like do the busset challenge fully dressed. You could do the silhouette challenge when you go before it with like fully dressed but it's very very obvious it's done deliberately to show skin or to show you know the bits of you that are jiggling up and down and you know the bits of you that are the the way you curve etc etc in your silhouette and there is no escaping the fact that you know it looks a bit like an Amsterdam red light district window like there there isn't that's the way the filter's designed that's what it looks like if you go you can see all the, the things and you could compare that the, the style of dancing that people have done. I'm not listen, I'm honestly do you if you want to do it. I don't really have any problem with it. But I'm just saying you can't you we don't live in a vacuum. You can't operate in a vacuum and assume that, you know, unless you're gonna put a massive uh comment beneath it in you know, to put a whole disclaimer about why this is your chosen art form and what you've done and why it doesn't mean this. The soundtrack, the way that it looks, the things that you're wearing it's all very, very sexual. It's meant to be sexual and you can't pretend it is anything other than that. If you see that as owning your sexuality, fine, but be prepared for people who have a difference of opinion prepared to come come for you. And the other thing that I was thinking about when I was looking at a couple of the examples was made me really think of, I don't remember which, I think, is it Smooth Criminal? There's a Michael Jackson video where he also does like a whole silhouette thing and it was making me think about that. Um, and you, you know he's got all the dancers and he kind of leads and he does everything with his hat and I was like nobody would because it's not 
the the style of dancing isn't sexual. The song isn't sexual. And I think that's what the issue is for people that have an issue with it. Yeah, you see, I hear both of you, but I just feel like I just don't know. And I really don't know. Honestly, I really don't know because for me... Which which bit don't you know about anything? That's what I'm about to say. I feel like (laughs) we're giving too much responsibility or accountability to men that a lot of our behaviour and a lot of our structures... Like, I'm not going to sit here and be, like, lost in the clouds and say that, obviously, patriarchy hasn't set up lots of structures and conditions in society. But I feel like sometimes we give too much power to be men. Like, they told us how to be sexy and they said this and they said that. I honestly feel like sometimes we give too much power to it. And I feel as well... I can't speak, obviously, for other people and their um, sexuality, but I feel like a lot of the time in this heterosexual game like women were it's like we can't buy an orange without being accused of doing it for a man like sometimes it's almost it's so tiring that my expression of myself or my femininity has to be linked with a man or that's the first thing people jump to that it's not just like raw like my body's banging and so I want to just show it and it has nothing to do with them. I don't care if um, Billy Bob or Tom Tiddy from the street saw it or who didn't see it. Like, I just want to express myself and I think that we focus so much on men because obviously men are going to see a woman who's scantily clad and if they're attracted to women and if it's their woman of their preference, they're going to be attracted to the women. But that's on them. And I think when we and not you guys, but specifically like when you're thinking about the Twitter thread, when it's this whole idea of, well, maybe you shouldn't do this or maybe you shouldn't show this because men are going to get turned on or men are going to do this. Men, It's like, we always have to be responsible for what the man is doing. And I don't want what he's doing and his attraction to me to police what I'm going to do and how I express myself. Because it's like, it it's just what I want to do. Personally, for me, I have not done any of the challenges. Um, One, I just don't have the time. Secondly, I would probably do it, you know. They don't call me Anissa with the good knees for no reason. Uh, (laughs) I'm joking. But what I'm saying is, I probably would do it because, as I've said on this show before, I've shaped bum for less, honestly, in the club. I like to give a full performance like I'm Beyonce on the stage. It's not, like, it's not a secret, but it's what, it's just what I like to do. But I don't like to do it for men. It's just, like, what I want to do. And, of course, men are going to see, and if they're attracted to me, that will bring them towards me. But, that's not my intention to attract them to me. My intention is to express myself. And I think as women, as heterosexual women, we always have to live with the fact of, okay, I'm going to do this because it makes me feel good. But I also know it's going to get me a certain amount of attention with a man. It's the understanding of why am I doing this? And then what I'm going to do with all the attention is where I think sometimes it gets a little bit confusing. I don't know if you guys know what I mean. I think I kind of get what you mean because I mean I really I really agree with, the, with what you're saying about doing it for yourself. I just I think as we said like you can't have any control of about what goes into the world and something else that you were touching on Anissa about why are we always saying it's for men or saying we need to police ourselves for men or be more responsible about what we put out. I think that's one of the things that made me really quite frustrated when I saw the rapper currency comment on this. I'm just like Brethren, if it's not your girl and it's not your daughter, just take several seats seats down. Like, you don't need yes. to be saying anything. Like, I just feel like 
for me, we're in a patriarchal society. We have all these pressures. We don't even know where some of these things come from. Like to be feminine, that was an ideal that was created in like the like the 19th century about what feminine looked like. And it was soft and it was demure and like that it was created and it was forced on women. So even our understanding of femininity, so I'm just like, for you now to be telling us what isn't okay, I'm just like, like I'm not really here for it. And I'm just like, if we want to talk about, um, if rappers want to talk about what isn't appropriate and what isn't appropriate. I'm like, why don't you work on your own genre? Why don't you start <laughs> there before you're coming for <laughs> random women online? Like it, it, it just it honestly confuses me. And especially in a genre of music where people like Cardi, Megan, like uh, they, they want um, Little Kim, Nicki Minaj. We don't know how much of what it is that they have to do in order to get to their places is what they want to do or the environment that they're in. Because for female rappers to blow, they literally have to present themselves extremely sexual. A few of them have had, had have had to have work done to exaggerate their portions, whether it's their breast or their bum, and then come out with sexually explicit music. And these are the ones that we, we put on up on the pedestal to be more successful, whatever. So I think there's just so much going on behind the scenes about women and what's appropriate. And I think it's a bigger conversation, not just a TikTok video. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, the other thing I want to just say is that it's you you have to divorce one from the other. So just to Anissa's point, like you might be up shaking your bum bum in the club. That doesn't mean I want you to come and like grind on me. Do you know what I mean? That's just this yep. very different mm-hmm. uh diff consent is a very different thing. And accepting that you might objectify me or you might be looking or you might feel some kind of way about it is one thing, doesn't mean it's an invitation to to touch. Uh, I I 100% agree and I just honestly think it's just so I've just honestly been so confused at how this has sparked such a huge thing especially like on all the social media like it's just a, in my mind it's just a TikTok dance but clearly I think there's a lot more going on underneath, underneath all these TikTok challenges I think the other thing I will say really quickly is uh, a few years ago I did a pole dancing course for about six to eight weeks right and obviously everybody associates poles with strippers and you know you people feel some kind of way about strippers even strippers make real good money i've got to tell you um not not speaking from personal experience and just have you ever watched Ken, and it's kendra wilkinson on top when she was on one of the reality shows oh, and she was talking about how much she was talking about how much talking about how much money she made and i was like i'm in the wrong job like i'm fully in the wrong career um but you know, that is something that quite literally is taken to be an invitation, you know, to they associate pole dancers with being in a strip club performing for the gratification of men. I didn't do it for that. I haven't performed my, my little strip pole routine, stripping for starters. I was literally just pole dancing. And so I think to just to come back to my point, it can separate the, the two. It's actually very good fitness. And it made me feel confident. It made me feel sexy, but it wasn't for anybody except myself. And I have no intention of you know, making it so. So those tricks and skills haven't been brought back to entertain anybody, Marisha? They haven't. They haven't. You know, I don't even know if I, after the little lockdown weight gain, I don't even know if I could get up the pole anymore, Sophie. <laughs> like, they have some serious upper body strength to do Horse that. The yeah. oh it's really hard. It's amazing. It, it's actually it's really wildly impressive. <laughs> it, it is. It's so impressive. Very good fitness. Very good fitness training. 
there you go, guys. Some fitness tips from the Ethnically Speaking fam. Get on to some pole dancing. <laughs> Thank you so much for watching and listening to another episode of Ethnically Speaking. Let's keep the conversation going. Would you or have you done the Buss It or Silhouette Challenge? Let us know in the comments below. And if you want even more from us, be sure to sign up to our email list, Extra Ethnic, a special segment available exclusively to our email subscribers. To sign up, there is a link in the description below. We want to thank our special guest, Marisha, for coming back today. You can follow her on Instagram at Marisha Pink to catch up with everything she's doing outside of the United Melanin Group. For a summary of everything we've discussed today, head over to unitedmelanin.group.com slash ES034. There is a link in the description below. If you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and hit that notification bell so you don't miss a thing. We will be back here on Monday and we'll be talking all about the identity and acceptance of mixed race people in our communities. Until then, stay safe, wash your hands, wear a mask and stay alert.